morning, church. How's everyone doing? Good. Man, that video always kind of creeps me out a little bit. Um, my name's Buck. I get to serve here as the campus pastor. I want to say a special welcome to you if it's your first time here. Uh, this is Connection Church Dublin, where everything we do here is centered around connecting people to a growing relationship with Jesus. So I just want to say a special welcome and thank you for coming, all right? Now, you guys know if you've been here for any length of time, uh, I like to celebrate, and so we have much to celebrate. Last week in our service, we saw five people say they wanted to trust Jesus as Lord and Savior. So let's go ahead and say thank you to God. That's awesome news, isn't it? And today we're celebrating baptisms, all right? And so real quickly, uh, I get really excited about this because, see here at Connection, we believe that baptism is the first step of obedience after salvation. Of Once someone's come to know the Lord as Savior, Scripture clearly tells us all throughout the Old Testament is they were baptized, right? And what baptism is, it's an outward expression letting us know that inwardly Christ now has done a saving work in our heart and that now this life is no longer about sin and self, but I choose Jesus. Amen? And that's awesome. So right after the service, uh, we're going to celebrate baptism right out here. You might have seen our, our, uh, our tank, as I like to say, on the way in, right? Uh, I crafted that thing. You're welcome. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're going to do it right after the service. And if you've got kids, parents, uh, we're going to bring the kids over right at the end of the service. And so when I get done preaching, I'll dismiss you. And you can go uh, grab your child right there. And we encourage you to stay around with us. We, we really celebrate this because it's really what we do. And uh, I want to encourage you with that. Second thing before I get going, uh, I want to encourage all of you, okay? If you have not been through heart and soul, or maybe you were here when we first planted the church in January and I was teaching it from stage. Uh, I go back and listen to those podcasts and I, I don't know if that qualifies as teaching, right? Like my emotions was up here and I was excited and we were sharing the gospel and basically uh, what I was doing was talking about Jesus a lot, all right? And uh, it was definitely not broken down and taught. And so um, if you've not been through Heart and Soul, we do that next Sunday night, 5 o'clock at our office space, which is two spaces over from our kids' space. Um, you will love it, okay? I just promise you, you will. If you have any questions about our ministry or any questions about really anything at all, uh, that's the place uh, we'd like for you to go, man. And I promise you, it will be awesome. Coffee and donuts included. Uh, so make sure you catch us there, all right? Good. So today, we have a little something different uh, that I feel like in my heart we've got to acknowledge. I'm going to ask Thomas Bell to come up on stage if you're around. I don't know where he went. That's the guy with a lot of muscles that was singing. Yeah, come on up here real quick, Thomas. Um, Y'all can cheer for him, yeah. Um, so today, uh, thank you, Thomas. Um, I have to share something real quick. Uh, as I look through the Bible and, and I, I look at the first church, the first church of Acts, um, they had a real simple mission. And we believe here that the Acts church, the church God raised up after Christ uh, rose from the dead, that that's very prescriptive, which means that uh, I believe that's what we're supposed to do. And what you'll see all through the, the, the New Testament and all through the book of Acts is that it was a simple mission is that uh, they shared the gospel, people got saved, and they raised up disciples, and then they sent them out. All right, And so one thing I want to share, and this is our heart for this church, is um, our heart is never to just hoard resources and people and like do everything we can to keep them so it can be about us. Y'all, I love what God's doing here, but I want to tell you what I love more. I love the kingdom of God. Amen? 
And so one thing I want to share about Thomas is, many of you don't know, he's up here singing a lot on Sundays and, and uh, leads some songs and fills in. And um, Thomas uh, was a GBI agent, all right? Uh, he lived a very comfortable life in Vidalia, uh, grew up in Glenwood, and, and this crazy guy took him to Chick-fil-A and shared this vision for Dublin that I believe that God wanted us to plant a church in Dublin and share the gospel. And, and, uh, and I was hyped up and excited, and so uh, we were at Chick-fil-A, and, and Thomas just leaves everything, all right, and comes to Dublin where he knows no one. And he said, man, I just feel like this is what God's calling me to do. And since then, he's resigned from the GBI. And uh, many of you have probably been impacted. If you've been in the gym at any time, uh, he's probably shared Jesus with you or invited you to our church. Um, and Thomas has just been a pillar of what God's done here. And his faithfulness just, uh, it encourages me every time I think about it. And uh, Thomas has felt a clear call to gospel ministry. And so Thomas is coming on now as our worship pastor in Pooler. And just, I just want to celebrate that and just say, that's awesome. And I want to say uh, selfishly, um, I'm going to miss you, and uh, I know I'll still get to see you uh, as we're one church in many locations, but um, I'm just very grateful for men like Thomas, and uh, I just believe that God um, is going to use him in an incredible way, and uh, I know that the people down there are going to be so blessed, and um, we're excited, and we're thankful that we serve in a church that's about sending people. And I love this quote. J.D. Greer says it like this. A church's health should be measured not by its seating capacity, but by its sending capacity. And so I think that's really awesome. And I believe we're doing what God's called us to do and that we want to spread the gospel uh, wherever, wherever people get led up to go, man. I'm excited about that. And so um, I just want to take a second, if we could, and just pray for him and pray for our campus in Pooler and pray that God would just do a miraculous work there, okay? Could you guys get on? Could we do that for a second? Let's pray. Father, thank you for Thomas, Lord. Thank you for his heart. God, thank you for um, just personally what he means to me and God, just how, uh, how much I've seen you do in his life and God do through him and God, just how he encourages me. And, and uh, Lord, I'm just forever grateful for him. Lord, I know the desires of his heart is to seek you, Lord, and to see people come to know Christ. And so, Lord, I just pray a, a special anointing and blessing over him, God, that you would use him in a powerful way in Pooler. God, that many people would come to know Christ through his ministry. And God, I just pray you would just, um, you would just bless him. And God, I pray for our campus in Pooler, Lord, as they're preparing to launch this January. God, I just pray that you would be uh, speaking to people right now. And God, um, that we would just see incredible things. God, we thank you for his ministry here. And Lord, we just thank you for the kingdom of God, Lord, that, uh, that Father, you, you continue uh, to reach people, God, that you're not done yet, God, that you're still working on us and working through us. And Lord, we just say thank you, and God, I just pray this over Thomas, and uh, God, we just say thank you again. Lord, we're just so thankful for Jesus. In my name, amen. Amen. Thank you, man. Love you. All right. Amen. Amen. Goodbyes are never easy, but gospel goodbyes make it a little more simple. Amen. Um, cool. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 14. I'll catch you up a little bit in our series. And we're currently in a series right now that we've entitled uh, A Better Story. All right. And really the, the central theme is that uh, once we know Christ and know who we are in Christ, God can begin to write a better story for your life then the circumstances of your life tell you it's possible, right? And so what, what we've done, if I could really uh, 
share this is really the, the, the first three weeks is almost like an x-ray machine, okay? If you've been here through this series, how many would agree with that, that God's maybe been reading your mail a little bit? I, I, he's been reading mine as I've been preparing. And so um, really the first week we talked about how because of sin, when sin came in the world in the garden, we've all been separated from our image bearer, which is God, right? And we talked through that. And then the next week we talked about sore spots. And what sore spots are, are things in our past or circumstances that are happened that, that's almost like sunburn, right? Like when it, it gets brought up or it's touched, it brings on uh, some feelings of guilt, condemnation, or anxiety, and not things that are of and from God. Right, And so uh, last week, uh, I began to talk about how uh, in David's story that when we bring those things to God, he can get us out of stuck seasons, right? That a lot of times when we say stuck, it's because we haven't brought things to God or maybe we just don't understand what God's doing in the middle of our stuck seasons, okay? And so really the first three weeks has been um, all about maybe where we are with God and what our identity looks like in God. But this week, we're going to be focusing on this, and if you're taking notes, we're going to look at four truths from the boat, okay? Today is all about Jesus, okay? And that's why I'm a little more amped up than I usually am, because uh, I just get to talk about the truth of Jesus and who he is and, and what he came to do, and once we know him, what he does in our lives, all right? And so uh, really think about it like this. The, the first three weeks is to really see where we are. Now let's go ahead and put in Jesus and see what Jesus would have to show us today. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 34. If you would, uh, let's read together. It says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him on the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. He was, <clears throat> he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land. Buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Okay, pretty good evidence that's Jesus. All right, 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Verse 27. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and, beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gisenerim. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, it's just so rich. And Lord, I'll be honest with you. I just want to teach a lot of stuff. And God, but right now I just pray that uh, my words would be obedient to your heart. God, that this time would be nothing about me. Lord, I'm, I, I'm coming to you now, Lord, praying that you would speak through me. Uh, God, I pray for everyone in here. God, that you would open up uh, our hearts and our minds to hear your word for what it is. And uh, God, that you would just do a powerful work in this place. Lord, we love you. And we thank you in thy name. Amen. Amen. All right. So to give you a little context of what's happening in this text is uh, Jesus and the disciples literally just fed 5,000 people with some fish and some bread, like a handful of loaf uh, of fish and bread. Now, how many of you are familiar with that story? 
right? And so it's kind of strange that uh, this miracle happens and, and this awesome miracle of uh, tons of people are fed and, and like it is like uh, people are just running. They want to be with Jesus in droves. And they're like, dude, this guy is the son of God. He's the king. Like, let's go wherever he is, right? So think about it like giant mosh pit. They want to be where Jesus is. And if some cat comes in here and feeds y'all with two loaves of bread, I ain't real sure I'd, I'd agree, right? Like, that's where I want to be. And so it's really weird in that immediately after the miracle, Jesus says, okay, um, go guys, go get on the boat. He says immediately, go get on the boat and go away immediately. And so it's kind of strange of like, well, why would Jesus do that? And the thing was, is Jesus was preparing his disciples that this message we're about to talk about teaches us more about Jesus than, than anything we've been to in a while. That it's very much, it's, it's going to show us a lot of Jesus's character and who he is. And so I want to tell you today, if you don't really know where you're at with Jesus or who he really is, this text is going to illuminate a lot of things. I really believe that, okay? And so I really just want to share four things with you that we learn from this story, uh, from the disciples being in the boat. Number one is this, and everyone listen and check this out, okay? Jesus knows where you are right now. Every thought, I want you to think about what you're thinking about right now. He knows. I want you to think about everything that, that's going on in your life. He, he's not surprised. He knows, right? I, I remember, I'm going to share with you guys, um, when I was dating Carly, man, like I was, good night, she was so pretty. She still is. Like, but then, I mean, she, she was like, you know how you are when you're like 22? And uh, man, she was just gorgeous. And so uh, I was going to school at Georgia Southern, and uh, she was going to school at Valdosta. So a lot of our relationship was just, Hanging out on the weekends, right? Now, I'm sure none of you ever, like, tried to run one by your parents and lie. You ever done that before? Um, well, this is mine. This is one of the things that I used to try and hide from my parents is um, I can remember they didn't want me driving after dark going back to Georgia Southern. And so uh, I would tell them about, you know, maybe 5, 5.30. All right, well, man, thank you for, Mom, thank you for washing my clothes. You're awesome. Uh, uh, Dad, thank you for making me some chicken salad so I don't starve this week. Appreciate it. Um, I'm headed back to Statesboro. Okay, and I would tell him that because probably Carly and I had hung out the whole weekend. We were probably didn't need to be around each other anymore. And uh, and what would I do? Like I would beeline it to Vidalia before she left to go to Valdosta, and we'd hang out. You know what I mean? Uh, directly against what my parents told me to do. And I'm like, well, they'll never find out. Like I, I can call them 30 minutes, say, oh, I'm about to pull up at the trailer. I'm good. I'm here. You know, you, you guys ever done this, right? Fibbed a little bit on the time. You know, you're really going where they said. You just didn't go at the time, right? And so, um, yeah. I see I'm, I'm reaching some folks. Anyway, uh, I'll never forget it. So I'm pulling out. Uh, she lives on the other side of Vidalia, and I'm going up, and, and I can't even remember. I might have been on the phone with my dad. And so I'm talking to him. I'm like, yeah, man, I got a busy week. I'm about to start studying. And I pull up at the red light. Y'all, this is no lie. I look to my right. There's Pops right there at the red light. And I'm like, oh, boy, this is not going to go over well, right? And, uh, and I remember getting in some trouble, and my dad's a pretty scary dude, so I, I was in deep, uh, you know. But, um, but anyway, uh, that being said, I used to try and hide things from my parents, all right? And I used to think I, uh, that no one would know. Well, here's the reality of it. God is not like our parents, all right? The Bible says this. The Bible says that he's omnipresent. He's also omniscient. What that means is he knows all things, and he is 
in all things. That means he's literally everywhere. He's in here amongst us right now. To back this up with a little scripture, I'm going to put Jeremiah 23, 24 on the screen. You guys know I like to hop around the Word of God. So if you want to follow, good. If you want to read on the screen, I'm not judging you, okay? So check this out. Uh, Jeremiah 23, uh, 24. And this is what God says through the prophet Jeremiah. It says, Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not I feel the heavens and the heaven and the earth, declares the Lord. Now, I want to share something with you. Is This is good news, okay? And I'm sure like many of you are like, Pastor, this is not good news, right? Um, this is not good news. That God was really there. Like, he was really there when I've done this. He was really there. He's here right now. He's with me as I'm struggling with whatever I'm struggling with. I, I want to tell you something. That this is remarkably good news. And I want to share with you why is this. How many of you have ever been in a circumstance where you feel like you're alone? Anyone? Ever felt like you're the only one that could ever get it? Like, you don't know where I'm at. Like, I, I am so alone right now. And I have dug this hole that no one could ever reach me. You don't know the stuff I've done. You don't know the things I've done. You, you could never accept me. You could never love me if you knew what I've done. And you just feel so alone, like no one could ever be there. And I'm just here to tell you that's a lie. And, and what I want to tell you is this. Not only does Jesus know where you are. Now, this is incredible that Jesus, this is who he is, okay? You might want to take this with you. Jesus understands where you are, all right? Not only does he know where you are. Jesus understands where you are. We're like, Pastor, are you making this stuff up? But Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. You can't make this stuff up, man. Like, God gives us so much. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Now, I want you to hear this and take it with you. It says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest talking about Jesus, it says, uh, who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, okay? So the thing you're struggling with the most, the thing that is deep down that maybe no one else knows about, or maybe it's the thing you've wrestled with for a lot of your life, I want you to hear something. This is what God's Word says about Jesus. It says He's not unable to, to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet He did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Hear that again. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And I want you to think about that and think about the one thing that you think no one else could understand. The one thing that you know that, 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 that no one would get it, right? Like no one could truly understand how I feel. Maybe you've been hurt and no one could understand why I feel this way, right? I want to tell you, your Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who came and died a death on the cross so that we wouldn't have to die one, he knows. He's able to feel it. It says he's been tempted in every way and yet he's without sin, right? That's the kind of Savior I would follow, amen? That's the kind of Savior I would go after. And this is what the lie tells you. Remember, just like we talked about, the, the enemy loves to feed us lies. The lies of circumstances of this life. And the lie is this. I'm totally alone and no one could understand. That is not from and of God. The truth is this. Wherever you are, Jesus knows you and he understands you. Amen? 
That's good news. The second thing we learn in this boat is this, uh, is that Jesus is never as far away as you think, right? And that, that really that first point comes from the idea of uh, these, these, uh, these disciples were, were in the middle of a storm. It looked like they were going to go under, and they were afraid. They were frightened. They thought, well, Jesus has left us. He told us to get in the boat, and now we're about to die, right? And, you know, it's like, man, in the middle of this storm, and maybe right now you're going through the crisis of a storm of life, or maybe God's uprooting some stuff through this series in my How I Got Here story. And, and you're like, man, like, has Jesus left me out here to, to, to just be crushed by the storm, right? And that's really what these guys would have felt like. And that maybe it feels like Jesus is a million miles away, like he is in a, another planet, right? Like he could never be here. I don't feel close to him. But understand, in the midst of the storm, Jesus is not as far away as you think. Now, first, I want to speak to the believer. I want to speak to those that, that you, you know you have a relationship with Christ. You kind of know where you are, all right? And maybe you've gone through seasons where you feel worried or anxious or, or, or maybe in the midst of trial, like, I, I just don't feel like I'm going to make it out of this one, right? I think this is going to be the one that does me in. That, that Jesus, where are you? Like, what, what is going on? Like, I, I, I know I've experienced the joy of your salvation. Why, why do I not feel close? Let me tell you, brother and sister, Christ is not as far away as you think. That he's doing something in the middle of your stuck season. Just like I talked about last week. He hasn't stopped writing his book in your life if you've given him the pen. He's doing something right now. Okay? In the middle of this storm, they thought they were going to be lost. Jesus was getting ready to teach us something. Think about that. Right? And that at the time, they thought on that boat, man, we're going to go down, right? We're, we're going down. It's like castaway type stuff. Like, we're all alone, you know? And look at us right now, 2017, we're looking at the boat and that Christ was doing something in the middle of the storm. Amen? That's good news. So I want to give you encouragement. And I, I want to tell you, and this is, I've been wanting to tell you this for weeks, by the way, all right? Um, as your pastor, let me, can I just share my heart for you, all right? is I, I don't want you to come here, and, and I've said this before, my, my heart is not that you would do Christian things with us, all right? Now, that is my prayer, but I want to tell you the heart behind that. I want you to know Christ. I want you to have a real flourishing, growing relationship with Jesus, because, y'all, that's where it starts. You hear me? And that's my heart, and y'all are like, man, this gets repetitive. You're dang right it does, right? Because that's, that's my heart. That's why we do what we do. I, I want you to know Christ in this way. Like, not, not in the, the, I'm worried about it and don't know where I'm at. No, that's not what he wants for you, right? He wants to plant you uh, just firm on a firm foundation of Jesus Christ. And, y'all, that's my heart for you. And I say it all the time. I don't want a relationship with Jesus from you. I want it for you. Amen? And I want you to know, because storms are coming, y'all, and I want you to know when they come that God, God hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. He is with you. Amen? Now, for those that maybe you've not had that experience with Christ yet, that you know the joy of salvation has not come yet, that it hasn't taken root in your heart. And, and this is what I've told myself before. So uh, I'm going to tell you um, that you may think you've lived life in such a way that you're a million miles away, right? I'm a million miles away from God. I'm a million miles away from Jesus, right? And I want to tell you something. You, you may have come in here and not be okay. And I want to tell you, it's okay to not be okay, but the God we're talking about loves you too much to leave you that way. 
Amen? And so th- this is what it looks like. If I could give you a visual, and, and I hate we don't have our screen, but I love getting to walk around, all right? So I'm going to enjoy this for this week. Um, but it, you may have thought that I've lived this life in such a way that I have walked away from God. Like, Jesus is here, and I have, I have y'all, I went just the opposite way of Jesus, all right? And that if I ever turned, if I ever repented and said yes to God, you, you don't know all the muck I've got to crawl through to get back to Jesus, Okay, now I want to tell you something that Jesus is not as far away as you think, because this is what the Bible says. It says when we repent, when we turn the minute, check this out, the minute we are honest about where we've been living life, the the minute we're honest about where we're at and we turn and say yes to Jesus, guess where he's standing right here. Amen. That's good news. That's good news. And so for us, that we, we can turn and say yes to Jesus. Maybe you feel like you're Peter. You've been sinking in the water. And what do you say? Jesus, save me. He didn't wait. He didn't hesitate. I mean, he, I was going to say he paddled his way up there, but he was walking, wasn't he? Anyway, uh, Jesus walked his way on the water and grabbed him by the hand, and he saved him, right? And this same God is true today. This same Jesus is who serves us today. We serve a God who is not far away from your boat. 2 Peter 3.9. And, and isn't it really cool that Peter wrote this letter? So the guy that actually got saved wrote this. So I can't help but think about this. Is that maybe perhaps when, G, when Peter was writing his second letter to the scattered churches, that he was thinking back on his boat experience. So the, the guy that raised his hand and said, Lord, I'm sinking, save me. This is what he says about God. Uh, verse number 9, 2 Peter 3, verse 9. It says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. It says if we would repent, if we would uh, turn and say yes to Jesus, it says he's not slow, he's there. Amen? And he knew this. He knew this physically because Jesus had saved them out of the water. So before I move on, I want to tell you something. That Jesus can begin a work in you right where you're at exactly where you're at. See, Christianity is not a working it off kind of thing. It's a surrender kind of thing, where we finally come to the place and say, yes, like I'm, I'm in. I recognize this life. That's not my life anymore. Jesus, I'm saying yes to you. Do something in me I know I can't do in myself because I've made a mess of this thing, right? Deep down in my heart, I've made a mess. Don't y'all love that this is the God we serve? Amen? Third thing I'd like to leave you with is this. Oh, this is good news, okay? This is uh, back in Matthew 14. Jesus always gets us to the other side. All right? Jesus always gets us to the other side. This is out of Matthew 14. Um, how many of you guys like to win? Anybody like to win? Do I have any? Uh, I, I probably shouldn't ask. Anybody like play video games in here? I don't. We're uh, my boy in the back. I gotcha. Okay. So um, one thing about uh, video games that I find interesting is there's usually two kinds of gamers. There's like the purest that play video games, and like try and win on their own, all right? And then there's these other guys, aka uh, my kids too, that, that will literally spend money on cheat codes, right? Did y'all know that? That will literally spend money that will get on Clash of Clans. I don't know if everybody's playing Clash of Clans anymore, but will literally pay money to get more stuff so that they can beat people, right? Does, does anybody see something wrong with this? Is that, you know, like, like I have literally had Devin and Sebastian ask me, hey, can we get a 20 spot to buy something for Clash of Titans or whatever it is? I'm like, no, absolutely not. Like, what are you thinking, right? And so we love to win. 
We love to experience victory. We, we will do whatever it takes not to lose, right? Well, here's the good news, okay? In Christ, we never lose. In Christ, we never lose. And you're like, Pastor, I sure felt like I've lost before. Let me, let me shed some light and give you a little bit different perspective of what it's like to follow Jesus. It may feel like sometimes we're losing, but the truth of Scripture is that as we, if we know Christ, we're running a race that's already been won. Amen? Now, how good is it to wake up and know we win? How good is it to wake up and know the, the race is over, we've won, that now my job is to just go and run it? See, in this story, Jesus uh, climbed into the boat. Check this out. Jesus climbed into the boat and got them to the other side. It says it got them to just center it, all right? And that he took them across the water. He got them where they needed to go. And so uh, what do we learn from this story is this. is like, well, Pastor, why, why go through the storm? Like, why do storms come into my life if I feel like I get to live victory, but yet I feel like I'm losing and I go through difficult seasons? See, the storms are designed to lean us into Jesus, not pull us away from Jesus. Amen? And that we go through storms uh, to lean into Christ, right? And so, uh, once we step into the water, check this out. And maybe you're in this place, and maybe you're here today where you know Jesus has been calling you onto the water. Maybe if you do know Christ, you know there's a step you've got to take, a step to maybe go somewhere or do something or take on a responsibility that you've never done. Maybe Jesus is calling you on the water. It, that's what it feels like. It's a step of faith, right? And I want to tell you something is this. If you step onto the water, Jesus is faithful to save. He's faithful to take you by the hand. He's faithful to get you to the other side. Amen? So this is what it looks like. If I could, if I could bring it all together, it, it looks like this. Is that uh, on this side of eternity, all right, if we know Christ, Christ takes us where we need to go. On the other side of, the turn, of eternity, Christ takes us to the Father. Amen? You remember in, in the first week we talked about how sin separated us from our image bearer? And we, we are separated now from our perfect image, our perfect identity of knowing who God is, of knowing what, our, what we're supposed to do, of knowing uh, whose we are, and knowing that, that this life is not what we were meant for, but yet we were meant to live in perfection. That's what Jesus does. He's the rescuer. He's the restorer. And once we know him, when this life's over, he gets us to the other side. Right? He takes us to the Father. And I don't know about y'all, that's good news. And I'll be honest with you, that's what living in victory looks like. Amen? 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Just so you know, this is what God spoke. 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 57. This is what it reads. It says, but thanks be to God. He gives us victory. We don't earn it. We don't work for it. We receive it and let it change us. He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus always gets us to the other side. Amen? And the last thing is we get ready to close today and get ready to celebrate the heck out of baptisms. Um, I want to tell you this, and everybody take this with you. Um, Jesus has the final word in your story, not your circumstances. Jesus has the final word in your story. As, as your story is being written, as your story is going down in a book, as your story is being written, understand that your circumstances may tell you that, that this life um, is not going as it should, or maybe that I've messed up so much that Christ could never do anything. I want to tell you something, is that that's a lie. That once we know Christ, he has the pen, and I promise you, well, I know what happens at the end of that book. 
Revelation 21 says that there will be no tears. That everything will be perfect. It will be as it was in the garden. And that that's just a truth from the boat. And that maybe today uh, you, you've come in here. And maybe you're, you're, you're at that place where I don't really know where I am with God. I don't really know how this thing has happened with Jesus. Maybe you've been feeling it in your heart that he's calling you to step out onto the water. Or maybe some of you, you've been steering the boat on your own for so long, you're finally like, God, step into my boat. Go ahead and take the wheel, Lord. I'm tired of driving it. See, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says this, and it'll be on the screen. It says that Jesus is the author of our faith. That means that we don't start faith within us. Jesus comes to, to, to do a work in us. That Jesus is the one that starts it. That Jesus is the one that starts that pull at your heart. Jesus is the one that begins the work. Okay? And Hebrews says this. It says that he is not only the author of our faith, but y'all, he's the finisher. He's the perfecter of our faith. And, the, and anything that Jesus starts, I promise you he'll finish. Amen? Anything that Jesus starts, I promise you, he will finish. So my question today is, has he gotten started with you? Have you responded and stepped into the water? See, today as we step into the baptism waters, what it is is a celebration of people that have said yes to Jesus. That have said, yep, that, that, that story, that's going to be mine. That I want to be with the author and the perfecter of my faith. Yep, that's me. Like, that is me. Like, I, I want to be there. And what they're doing today, going into the water, is to tell you is that uh, Jesus has started a work in my heart. And I want you to know it. No matter who's looking or who's watching, uh, they want to be with Jesus. And so I ask you today, have you responded to Jesus? Maybe you feel like you're sinking, or maybe you felt like he's been so far away he could never come and be with someone like me. I want to tell you, we just heard four truths from the boat. That's not the character of Christ. That he is who he says he is. He's faithful to save. And so one thing we do here um, is that we celebrate this. Uh, we, we want people uh, to, to, to say yes to Jesus. And it's not something that we do awkwardly. Rather, we ask you to raise your hand. And man, we just celebrate with you. And when I pray, someone will come and just pray with you and give you some resources. And so I want to give that invitation today. If you know that Jesus Christ has been speaking to your life and you want to say yes to Jesus, I'm just going to ask that you lift your hand. Is that anybody in here today wants to make that first step and want to say yes to Jesus and say, yep, today's the day I'm done. Is that anybody in here today? Awesome. And for the rest of us, wherever you find yourself, if uh, you're in the water or maybe you're in the boat and not knowing where to go, I want to tell you, listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to what God's telling you to do. Because when we're faithful and faithful to follow Christ, I promise you, he'll get you to the other side. He'll take you where you need to go. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. God, thank you for the message. Thank you for four truths from the boat. Lord, I just pray right now as we get ready to dismiss and parents get ready to go get their children, Lord, that we would just enjoy this time. I encourage everyone to stay uh, so that we can celebrate baptism, Lord, and, and just a, a glorious declaration of what you're doing in this place. God, I'm thankful for what you're doing in Dublin. And Lord, I know uh, because of the saving work of Christ, the very best is yet to come. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you for it. It's in your precious and holy name that we pray, Father.